All right, guys, welcome back to RTW's Wild History Ride. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. I think this is stupid, but I'm Rhonda. <laughs> Rhonda, you sound so like manly today. I'm telling you. Well, thank you. It has been an interesting week. Rhonda's like, I've been through a lot. It is <laughs> something else. I mean, what the hell? Well, this is for two weeks in a row that we've done um, a like different intro? a different intro. Yeah. I'm yeah. for it. I'm for it, honestly. I'm not. I want to go back to normal. Well, hey, we'll I'm go just, back to normal. I'm just checking to see who's listening. Yep. <laughs> Are we yeah, getting we're any keeping comments? You on your toes. Like, yeah. Wow, okay. Sure. They're, like they're probably like me, me and Rhonda's voice. Like you know, she has a very smooth, elegant voice, and mine's like, "Hey guys, it's me. I'm Will." You yeah, know, like whatever. I, I don't know what you guys hear when you hear my voice, but to me, it sounds like. It sounds like a monster truck trying to drive on a gravel road. It okay. does not sound good. At I think all. y'all both have good voices. I do not way. like my voice. Well, I love it. I'm, I'm telling you, I love both the. All right, voices. so I, I think I still do the actual intro. So yeah, today's episode is going to be very odd to me, at least. Well, this was a this was actually recommended by it a was. listener. It was, uh, it was recommended by a listener. Uh, it is going to be on the Emu War. Yep, the Great Emu War. So, um, so yeah, Will's leading this one. Yeah. Oh God, rest everybody, rest the podcast future on my shoulders. I don't know what y'all are thinking. Um, let's see. So this one is uh, actually. Did you ever hear anything about this, Ron? I've, I've never heard never. of it. I've I've c- never. I didn't even know what country this occurred in. Well, I have no I, idea. I put out something on Facebook uh, of about like, oh, you know, yeah. about suggestions, and then one the follower. I'm going to say not his full name, but Jesse. He was like, oh, you should do one on the Great Emu War, and I was like, I've never heard of that. I, I think I said like, sir, you had me at emu or something <laughs> like that. Like I was like, I have to look into this. So I did not know anything about this, and it, and and I think it ended up like being a little bit less time than uh, than I imagined. Like when I hear war, I always think it's going to be like for years and years and years. Um, this was a little less uh, time in in you know history, but it was still interesting to kind of hear about. So one of the um suggest or like one of the websites that I got this from is it was from blogs.scientificamerican.com, and it says I think it's by Beck Crew, and it says the Great Emu War, uh, in which some large flightless birds unwittingly foiled the Australian Army. So with a title like that, I had to look into this case. So apparently, this starts at following uh, World War One. Thousands of like veterans and I, and, you know, uh, they were Austra- Australian veterans returning, uh, to home. They needed something to do when they returned and they needed work. So apparently in 1915, uh, there was a soldier settlement scheme put into place by the Australian government that put about 5,000, uh, over 5,000, um, ex soldiers and gave them plots of land to cultivate wheat and to raise sheep. So. All right. Now, Australia is a big country, yes. but there's a lot of it that's not. I don't think habitable. Yep. And where do they put these people? Well, you will say, I was like, you know, in all honesty, they didn't really give like a specific, I think it was, oh, it says areas of Perth in Western Australia, I think is what it says. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know where that So, is. but like what you said with this land, uh, you don't really think of like, oh, this great uh, cultivation, you know, like I don't really think of that, I guess, when I think of Australia, like not probably suitable for large amounts of crops or whatever. No, not, not most of it. Most so of th- it is... I'm going to call it desert. Yep. And I'm like this geographical, I'm not this geography person. I never was like, that was probably one of my worst classes in school, but I was like thinking Same. of it. Oh God. And never mind. I said, that's a whole nother story. I said, the teacher liked me. I was like so scared of that teacher. Oh, um, I know who you're talking You know about. I'm yes. talking about. Yeah. I was, I was freaked out too. She was not nice to me. No, she was, she was nice to me. She, she, she liked me, but I was very scared of her. Yeah. She, mm, she did not like me at all. She used to. Make make a butt out of me every class. 
<sighs> really? Every yeah. class? Almost. She tried to. She tried to almost every class, yeah. I felt like she kind of always like singled out one person in a class, and that was like her punching bag pretty much the whole time. Uh, it was me and one other kid, yeah. That's so stupid. Yep. Um. So, as, as I was saying, so 5,000 Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is this teacher? You, yeah, who is this teacher? <laughs> we need to have a discussion after this. I know we're going back to the what, uh, how, what grade were we in? Pr- uh, we will not discuss about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We will talk about it whenever we turn off the mics. Okay, <laughs> I okay. remember. I, I remember. Yeah, there. Uh, you, I probably told you guys some of the stuff she did, but most of it I couldn't have cared less because in my mind I'm sitting here thinking. You're a good five years away from death, anyway. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I, There's some rage there. Oh, there, there was, there was definitely some rage. I think she some was not rightfully nice. placed rage. Honestly, yeah, she, she was not nice to me. Okay. Well, we'll pick it up later. Was, we're picking that up right <clears throat> after. Yeah. So, uh, so as I was saying, so over five thousand ex-soldiers were given these plots of land, and by 1920, about nine thousand. And I looked this up. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Do y'all know hectares? 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 Uh, I've, I've heard of hectares, but yeah. I'm, I think it's hectares, hectares. but I, I don't know exactly what they are. So I, I looked it up. It says they were purchased for these veterans, and I looked it up. I think one hectare equals about about two point five acres of like. Okay. Our, so yeah, I, that I think sense. that that's what it 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 you know it kind of entails. So um, more were still needed, however. So the rest of these veterans were placed in some pretty marginal areas of Perth in Western Australia. Okay. So um, the article describes how they uh, settled in some farm areas with good land and or, you know, uh, the land wasn't really as good on its own and everything. So it was hard to grow these crops. So uh, things kind of got worse. So you have these bad crops and everything. You can't really uh, grow the crops in the soil and everything that you're given. And as we all know, the Great Depression hit in 1929 as well, which I don't know if that was like a system wide thing, like in the article, it said or like a nation, like a national thing was that like a national i always just hear you the mean great global yeah it was global, global. It was yeah global. yeah it was global so just like global so i was thinking yeah. i guess like i only ever really think of you like you know cared about yourself i know just, well we only learned about the great depression in like in uh in my yeah, american it was, history it was class very quickly touched upon in yeah i just remember like what the dust bowl and you know things like that about the great depression um so wheat prices plummeted with that as well so these farmers just didn't have like good luck apparently so the prices plummeted they didn't have good land they didn't have good uh farm to like farmland to cultivate these crops they just did not have a good time in this area okay y'all are gonna hate me for bringing this up what but it was a crappy like decade after the stock market fell and the great depression and the dust bowl and everything yeah what if we are in a <gasps> once a century cycle again <laughs> where we have another decade of just crap well you know the problem is though like we have like all these uh so you know i'm sure everybody was starving back then i think we will have the exact opposite everyone will just get fat and like just because like taco bell's two dollars like you know hey, you could like there's a lot of mac and cheese out there to be there had. is a lot Dang easy man. mac easy mac and ramen we have a whole pack of it at but, home I mean, i'm just saying it hasn't been a great two years so <laughs> It really hasn't. I, I mean, don't know if I can. My mental health cannot handle much more. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, what if we got to make it all the way till 2030? Well, I guess here we are. Well, again, it is. I'm going part time. So that that's the real good news for me. 
So, my, my 30s are not going to be pretty. That's <laughs> Rhonda's like, I'm, I'm not going part-time. We, we all need a vacation. I'm going, you know, I'm not that far from retirement. So I'm sorry, Thomas, you're propping it all up. <laughs> She's like, God, I really hope for my, um, my you know, mansion in, in Montana <laughs> that I'm living in by the time we're all done with this. Yeah, we, uh, the podcast. Cast is doing well. I know <laughs> moving it. to my mind. Yeah, I hope Anna so. Mansion. I hope the podcast is doing well. But listen, we just we were just celebrating our thousand um whatever download download episode. You've been at this a long time. God, <laughs> you like? Oh my god! Could you imagine? I could. A, a I thousand could. episodes. Well, I will say this: we, like, we, okay, but think about it with math. If we do it every week, we're looking at fifty-two, one hundred and four episodes every year. If even if we don't do a break. Every so that, year? I mean, every two years. Yeah, every two. So that would take us 20 years to get to a thousand <laughs> at this rate. Yeah, I don't think so. Either that or you're planning on launching a lot more podcasts. I know. We're going to be the next uh, Ashley I'm Flowers not. of podcasts. God, <laughs> so, well, having one, like, listen, even uh, recording things in advance are hard enough, I yeah. feel like. I mean, just think about it. 20 years worth of podcasts. I'd be 47 I'm down. when we finished. I'm down. When we got 2,000 episodes. Listen, I've expanded my horizons. I'm willing to do it again. Mom would be 80. Hey now, eighty years young. <laughs> eighty years young. Let's see. Uh, okay, so like we said, the Great Depression hit. It was terrible. Um, here's where their luck got even worse. So on top of the flailing prices, bad land, little experience, and and I, that's what I thought about too. The little experience these guys probably had going from soldiers in the Australian, like I don't know, their equivalent of the army or whatever, to. A farmer? Like, they probably didn't have any... Yeah, well, what did they do before they went into the Army? That's they had thing. to have had some kind of life before like the Army. Like a trade or something like that, you know? Yeah. But I guess it's one of those things, too, because, like, when the uh, farm, when the uh, soldiers came back from World War One or World War Two, like, you always had, like, oh, it's time to, you know, get back in the in the saddle and everything, you know, uh, get back to your factory jobs, get back to your trades, like, stuff like that. Like, that's hard. Like, I don't know. I guess, like... Yeah, that, that would be very difficult life to get back to. Mm-hmm. So apparently, on top of all this stuff, tens of thousands of West Australian emus wanted their land back. <laughs> tens of thousands? Tens of thousands. That's uh, what it says. Okay. Tens I, of I thousands. I want explanations, please. So, the, uh, so apparently, um, why, so if you think about it, they kind of gave all this land to the veterans. So yeah, if, you, yeah, if yeah. you kind of displace these emus or anything like that, they're now kind of like, Hey, like this was our land. Like we're going to go back and kind and of, like, I imagine a giant bird is pretty territorial. Oh yeah. And I have some, uh, emu facts or whatever at the very end. I was like, well, why not, uh, you know, make it a national geographic episode. Oh, an emu could, Merc you. Oh yeah, it, it could kill a man. Well, how fat? I think of ostrich. I guess I get ostriches, uh, ostriches, and uh, how do I pronounce that? And uh, emus kind of confused. I get them like uh, they're, they're, they're similar. Both mean. They're I think both they're in the same to, family. Yeah. I think I go over that later. Yeah. I'm not even sure two or three good dogs could handle that. That's no. what I would think of is no. get some dogs to protect emu? your property. Have you not seen the foot of an emu? No, I mean, I, I, all right. In relation to an ostrich, are they smaller than an ostrich? You know, I, I have, let me see, I have, let me see if I can find that on there. I know, so apparently they grow to 5.2 to 6.2 feet high. Oh my gosh, they're taller than me. So it's like 66 to 100 pounds. I think is what like the normal span of like a little of an ostrich or a emu could be. So I mean size. they're big. I, I don't know if they're emu or uh, ostrich big, but I mean they're they're big birds. They're, so they're smaller uh, than an ostrich, but. Still okay. large. Big clawed toes. He's showing a picture. Mm, I see that. Yeah, so that that claw is about, from the looks of it, I would say that's a solid three, four inches. Yep. That yeah. is so, y'all, 
I'm scared. That thing just steps on your chest and decides to... Mark you. <laughs> I mean, just think of Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Oh, that's I what think, this thing is. I think of them often. <laughs> all, the t- all the time. I mean, but seriously, that's what this thing is. It's just got feathers. Yep. Well, you know, they think, uh, isn't that a thing that they uh, they think dinosaurs yes. had feathers? Well, they, they're actually thinking, uh, have you ever seen what an ostrich looks like without its feathers on its wings? Oh, well, uh, Because, no. I mean, you know they can't fly, but they do have the wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vestigial yeah. wings. Yeah. It looks exactly like a T-Rex's arm. I'm sure it does. A little short arms? The little short arms. So there's a theory going around that a T-Rex actually looked more like an ostrich in body. So they're saying that the T-Rex might have had ostrich-like wings. I'm, I agree. Tucked against his body. Well, and that's the thing. Like, How do we know that they had scales? We just see the bones. Well, birds have like scale-like skin. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying. Skin. Well, you know how that how dinosaurs yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, they, we paint them as lizards, but they weren't yeah. lizards. Like they look more. Which I think they would look cooler as lizards than birds, but I feel like they would look hey, more terrifying no, some, as some birds. Of them, some of them would be scary as hell with feathers. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine a T Rex with feathers? Uh, could you imagine a like pitch black Velociraptor with black feathers, and all of a sudden it's just got this bright red mohawk on its head? That would be kind of cool. I mean, that would be that would be the most badass thing to kill you in a movie. <laughs> I don't want. Die from that. <laughs> Me and Rhonda are not going to die from that. We're going to no, be. No. I'm going to the mansion in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just uh, saying. I mean, some of these things. I fun mean, they, viewed I mean, from binoculars. I mean, could you? I mean, think about eagles and owls. I mean, some of those things look scary when they're when they when they're hunting. Yeah. It's like okay, I'm just going to die now. Yep. You don't you don't have to stick the claws in me. I'm just going to die for you. Oh, I love. So yeah. Imagine that about a solid ten times bigger. There's that with an yeah. freaking emo or like yeah, I mean it's like, like <laughs> nope, I'm good. I just see you. No wonder God wanted you extinct because you did not want you and me together. Well, now we just have uh, smaller versions of dinosaurs, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, so these uh, emus <laughs> flattened apparently thousands of dollars worth of crops that these uh, veterans had, and also ate them, ate all the crops down to like their stubs. So I mean. Now you don't have any more money. Like you don't have any money already. You, don't, you don't have, have any, any crops. Food and so yeah. you could probably imagine that these uh, people were kind of angry and were needing <laughs> some help. So eventually, um, the emus were reclassified as vermin, and they were actually uh, used to be a protect. Uh, it's as a protected native species until about 1922. So <laughs> then they were reclassified as vermin after that. Yeah. Uh, so these farmers That's are a originally drastic turnaround. Yeah, like I mean, from, from protected to. Shoot on sight. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, listen. I said, if you, I guess it, I guess if it comes down to my people versus, versus my emu, birds, you yeah. know, I, I you got to go with the people. I go with the people. But I hate anything about like displacing some kind of animal from their native environment. But also, like if you have like you know, it's like deer here. If you have any kind of yeah. overpopulation, like it's gonna, you know, there's always some off balance, like offset in the you know natural order of things, kind of. So um, these farmers who had originally been trained riflemen decided to put the put their skills to the test, and they ki- uh, they killed thousands of these birds, but to no avail. Apparently, like they were still having these issues. Yeah, like I I would assume that they are pretty prolific. Yep. In the proper environment, and yep. you got to think all these birds are now well fed. Yep, and there are tens of thousands already there. Okay, well think about it. You got the world starving. Yep. Could you not put those birds to good use? Well, well exactly. You know, I mean, Australia's good on meat now. Yeah. Is what I'd be saying. I just don't know if I could eat an emu burger. I don't know. I would. 
<laughs> Tom is just like looking at me with yeah. that, like just right in the face. I would. Do emu roast? Well, I'm sorry, emu to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you this, buddy, but if I'm starving to death and um, you're dead, I'm eating you. Oh, I'm too fat. I, I got too much fat content. There's too much marbling. What, what are you talking about? Just throw some... Okay, those make the perfect steaks. You get the perfect <laughs> oh marbling, throw it on the grill. That's what gives Mine's it all the flavor. Mine's too much. I'm saying I got too much fat content. I can trim the fat. Oh, true. Oh, I, I know how. I know how to butcher some meat. Can you do that for me now? Like, come on, like, like. <laughs> but I'm serious. If, if I'm drastic enough, I don't care if I got to eat a damn skunk. Yep. I will eat whatever I got to eat. Oh God, take the gland out or whatever. I, I have eaten a grasshopper before. That was disgusting. Rhonda, where it. were you? I, obviously, he was unsupervised quite a bit. <laughs> no, no, I was in my twenties at that point. Oh it was like a, it was like a dry. It was like this dried thing. It was oh, who was Thomas, it? Thomas, where were you eating this? Oh, it was somebody brought them. Somebody had them as like a snack. I, it was at hometown. They brought them in like a bag. That's that's bad enough. Anyway, you trust in somebody at hometown to like, feed you? I was like, screw it, let's try this. Ooh, I've never. I've, I've eaten something. I mean, I've eaten octopus. I've eaten. Uh, what else have I eaten? I've eaten squid. I've eaten. I've eaten, think, I've eaten a lot of fish eggs in my life. Uh, oh, that's sushi, though. That's yeah, good. Yeah, that's normal. Well, I mean, what else, what else have... There's a lot of nor- not normal things about you. That's yeah, like, that's I'm, try- I'm trying to think. Now I can't think of things I've actually eaten. Uh, crap, that's weird. <laughs> I've eaten ants. They don't have a flavor. They're, well, ants are like... They kind of like taste stale. We can do the chocolate ants or something. And there, there was something else I ate that like tasted like mothballs. That was the only way I could describe it. Was it probably was like a mothball? Yeah. But <laughs> it's probably a real mothball. What it was? We're, we'll get back to Thomas's weird diet later too. It's not my diet. It's just things I have eaten. His mothball addiction. Um, so nothing was helping. The riflemen were killing these, pe- killing the emus, probably in droves, but still, like with overpopulation, nothing was helping. So they pleaded to the Australian military to take some action. So on November second, nineteen thirty-two, led by Major GPW Meredith of the Seventh Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery, that is a tongue twister. If I've ever heard one, I don't get me to say it again. Uh, the army set down to uh, set out to gun down a group of about fifty birds in the district of. It says. Camp, Campion, Campion. I don't know. I think I, I don't know. It, it's on there. I'll, I'll have to put it in my show notes or something later. But which I was thinking, I was like fifty birds. Like I feel yeah, like that wouldn't really a put stretch. A, yeah. Well, I guess you got to start somewhere. Um. <laughs> so the article that I was reading, uh, <laughs> it said the emus plotted their revenge. <laughs> uh, okay. What? No, I am all ears. So the emus plotted their revenge. It says two days later, the army set their sights on a group of one thousand emus. So now we're now we're now we're talking. So the soldiers apparently opened fire, killing about ten to twenty, I guess, from the first like opening of fire that they had. But the machine guns jammed and it scattered the emus. Apparently. So here's a quote, a direct quote from the incident. So it says, the emus have proved that they are not so stupid <laughs> as they are usually considered to be. Each mob has its leader, always an enormous black plume bird standing fully six feet high, who keeps watch while his fellow uh, his fellows busy themselves with the wheat. At the first suspicion si- suspicious sign, he gives the signal, and dozens of heads <laughs> stretch up out of the crowd. 
<laughs> I'm just I'm just imagining this. Like one shot, like of, of mm. course, like the first machine gun bullet goes off, and then all of a sudden you see a hundred emu heads like pop out of the thing. I pop up out of the out, out, of, the out of the wheat or whatever the billows <laughs> of wheat. So it says a few birds. A few birds will take fright. Start. It says it said. I thought it said flight, but it says take fright. I guess starting a headlong stampede. Okay, I'm just gonna say scrub. if I saw a bunch of emus flying, I would just run. That's I, true. I would surrender. I mean, I guess they just try to fly. I mean, would would you say they could grow to be six feet tall? Yep. I think it said like five point two to six six feet tall. That's all like that. them Yeah. So it says the leader always remaining until his followers have reached safety. So uh, I just think of how funny this pro- probably wasn't funny. It was probably very scary in the moment. But in, in my reading of it, I'm like, I'm glad I wasn't there. So the emus were too speedy, apparently. And um, a, lone, a lone victim even got tangled in a vehicle steering equipment, which veered the car off the road and into a fence post. Oh, my gosh. So it, it ran it ran over the army, basically? I, I guess I guess it went in front of the car and got, like, the way I thought about it maybe was maybe it got around the axle or something of, of like, the car somehow, which I'm like, it's a big bird. I mean, there's a lot of stuff and a lot of feathers and stuff. I'm assuming that, like, he got – I felt bad, but, like, maybe the dead body got tangled in, like, the, the steering somehow and, like, sent it careening off into the ditch. I'm like – so, I mean, I guess nobody was hurt, but still, it's, like, a lot of a lot of stuff's happening here. I, That's a I lot. I think that broke my funny bone. I know it. I'm just like, God. <sighs> I, I love emus, though. Like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like – they are animals. I mean, they're going to try to get their land back one way or another. I mean, I yeah. don't think they're actively seeking out to kill humans, but shoot, it sounds yeah. like they pull a gun on them if they could. Let's see here. Um, so one, one new sa- it says one new South Wales state labor politician, um, discussed medals to be given out apparently to, uh, s- like some of the, uh, soldiers for this altercation or whatever. And one, and somebody, I guess, in the crowd or in one of the people said they responded by saying that all of the medals should go to the emus. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> So apparently after this little, you know, campaign, there was another campaign on November 13th, 1932. It was a dismal effort as it took roughly 10 bullets to bring down one emu. So they were probably running out of artillery. Because if you think about it, I guess they're super fast. If they hear that gun go off, they're probably going to scatter. So, I mean, if it's taking 10 shots per, you know, bird to go down, you're probably going to run out of artillery. Even if you're like a big army or something like that, you probably, that's a lot of things for one bird, especially if you have tens of thousands of birds kind of, you know, chilling out there. So eventually they were, uh, recalled after that, which ended the war, the war of the emu, the great emu war. So, um, the government ended up giving the locals the ammunition that they needed. And a rough, uh, I guess until, yeah, claimed over the next six months about they killed 57,034 emu. Gosh, that's a huge number. A huge number. Wow. Which I, I guess I just don't understand, like, why an army, like, you know, they gave it to the locals or whatever. I guess the locals were used to it by that time. Maybe they just were like, well, I said, we've, we've been dealing with it this long. Maybe we can, I wish I would have researched more into, like, how they got rid of the emus, I guess. But I'm assuming they just probably learned their habits, mowed them down, and, uh, you know. they are gone from there. There are pictures online, too, if you look up, like, the Great Emu War of, like, people holding the birds up by the neck and stuff like that. I'm like, y'all, like, calm down. Like, come on. Like, just get the birds off there. So um, they're now a protected animal again uh, with a current population of roughly 600,000 to 700,000. So it's a ten- I like, I- I'm sure they mowed down a whole bunch, but now they're a protected species one more time. So let's see here. So I think I'm going to... 
So with the emu war over, everyone's appeased. Everyone shot their emus up and stuff like that. Unfortunately, justice for the emus. Well, a question. Yes. What about these poor farmers? Did, were they ever able to, you know, get their crops out? And I, what I'm assuming, there? I'm assuming maybe, well, I, which it did not, the article that I accessed did not go into what the, uh, it mainly talked about, I think, the emus on, on that side. I'm assuming with like them mowing down like probably 57,000 emus or whatever, they were probably able to, I'm sure they were doing probably just as well as everybody else was. <laughs> you know, we ate a rock for dinner. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just so sad. But I'm assuming that, you know, it got better a little bit after that. But still, like, I mean, what can you do? Like, even with the emus gone, I mean, you kind of still have that crappy land to grow stuff yeah. on. Uh, it's not kind of like here. Like, you know, I, I feel like we have a lot of, uh, you know, in Alabama, at least. I don't know where anybody's listening from. But, you know, we always have cornfields and, you know, soybeans. You know, I feel like you can't go too far without seeing a field like that. So I'm sure that's what they wish they could have had, you know, back in Australia. Um, so let's see here. So now I was going to, so this is according to, um, api.nationalgeographic.com. So this is the common emu, some of the facts around it. So the si- scientific name, and I'm going to butcher this, is, uh, Dromaeus Navala. <laughs> I can't even say it. Uh, Nava Hollandae. It's Hollandaise, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's an omnivore. Omnivore? What does it eat? I know it's plants, but God, bugs what kind and of, lizards. just bugs and lizards and stuff? Yeah, well, I think I think they eat bugs and lizards. So it says um, they uh, average lifespan is ten to twenty years. So I guess you know, very long time. So uh, they can run up to thirty miles per hour. Uh, they have three forward-facing toes, so it, it thrusts like I guess uh, the way their foot and everything is kind of um, done. They can. Uh, put their foot into the ground and like push off really good. So it thrusts them forward. So that's why like the uh, soldiers and stuff were saying how fast they were. I guess you could probably go from zero to 30 in like no time at all. So they use a powerful kick to keep their foes at bay. Um, they're found primarily in Australia, but they also live in New Guinea, Indonesia, the Solomon Islands, and in the Philippines. Uh, they have an almost complete protection from solar radiation due to their feathers. So that's pretty cool. Um, the males incubate the eggs for up to seven weeks, and they don't leave the nest to drink, feed, or defecate, uh, I guess, during that time. Seven weeks, you for said? For seven weeks is what it says. That's pretty cool. See, uh, let the let the women do the work, right, Rhonda? <laughs> let the men do the work. <laughs> raise the babies. Raise the babies. <laughs> so it says, uh, so don't leave, the, uh, yeah, don't leave the nest or whatever. The females will, <laughs> the females will move on and readily uh, kind of mate with another person <laughs> while they're gone. Oh, another wow. Emu while That's different. <laughs> So, uh, they're, and then the last thing I have, their common predators are dingoes, wedge-tailed eagles, snakes, and other nest raiders. So with the snakes and stuff, I'm assuming it's just more so for the eggs, maybe. Yeah. But, um, I mean, shoot, I'm, I, with a, I'm sure a honey badger's in there somewhere. I don't know where the honey badger is. If it was there, I said the emu's got to watch out. Want honey, honey badgers in Africa? Oh, yeah, maybe. So they're safe. They're safe then. Yeah. They're safe from honey badger. They're safe. I don't know. Honey badger. I think honey badger could swim out there. I've seen him. It, it wouldn't surprise me if a honey badger decided to brave the ocean just to eat an emu. <laughs> to eat an emu. I could see it doing it. You've seen that video of them uh, eating the uh, like the larva in the bees nest, like get it, or like you know getting stung a million times by bees and stuff. Oh, I've seen the one that. where they grab a. Uh, cobra by the tail break its neck and then just eat the cobra well you remember it got bit by the cobra and then it like you think it dies or it something like falls asleep for a minute it falls asleep just let the poison circulate through its body and then it gets back up perfectly fine it's like man it's like, well you, they're, they're supposedly like bulletproof yeah so uh, 
That's our next one, the great uh, Honey Badger War, if oh, there yeah. is one. <laughs> like, oh, no. Anybody stupid enough to go after Honey Badger, you deserve your fate. So I'm sorry <sighs> if it didn't, like, go over – if it didn't do too much time. There, what, this article was, like, kind of short. but Bro, I, you're at I was 27 like, minutes. You're oh, good. Oh, we're good. Okay, good. We, we kind of had some, uh, some other things talking about, yeah. but I feel good about the time. Yeah. But all right, guys. We'll catch you next week. All right. Bye, you guys. Till next week. Watch out for the uh, emus. Hey guys, it's Will from RTW's Wild History Ride. I hope you enjoyed the episode and continue to like, comment, and subscribe. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at RTW Wild. We also have an Instagram and YouTube page. So I hope you continue to like and comment. See you guys next week.